The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Those of you joining us on the podcast this morning, and uh, and uh, we have been uh, we've had some technical difficulties. Hopefully, they're rec- rectified, um, and uh, and the rapture didn't happen. Thank you for those of you who called to check on us. We we love you guys, and uh, and we're back. And so. But I found out this week that I'm not quite as young as I used to be. Um, I was up on a, on a river doing some, what I love to do, doing some salmon fishing. And I just don't, I just don't fling that 15-pound rod and reel like I used to. As a matter of fact, my arm is pretty sore. If, if I only got my arm up a little bit there, it's because, anyway. Um, and uh, I told a but the uh, pastor came up and spent Thursday with us. And, and uh, when he left, Vanessa goes, uh, oh, I, 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 yeah, I wish, he, wish he could have stayed. And, and I wish he could have stayed, too, because I was so tired the next day and my arm was so stiff. I don't think I could throw that thing much more. So, but uh, we did. And uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome time getting, get, just getting away and, and being, being around nature. We met, uh, we met some interesting people. And... Uh, Interesting in, in the fact that there were good people, but they're lost. Um, and and, and he, he, was very, he was very welcoming. He was very, very hospitable. And he, he, said, he said, you know, come on over here and fish over here. Try over here. Try over there. You know, do whatever it takes. And, and the, the day um, Friday it was, uh, he goes, hey, where'd your buddy go? He goes, man, I was hoping to hook into one for you guys. So we had three people fishing for our, for our, for our spot. And then before we left on, on, on Saturday morning, the guys beside us, they said, man, if we'd have caught a couple extra, we were going to throw them your way. And, uh, it was like, you know, people were taking pity on us. You know, not that we needed pity, but it, we must have looked pitiful. And uh, so anyway, it was a good time. And we are so glad. You know, sometimes you take a break from the daily grind, Right. Can, can, anybody, can anybody testify that the daily grind will wear you down if you're not careful? No matter what that is. My dad, my dad when, when, when he was staying with my sister, just the, the daily grind, the daily routine, and, and he wasn't working anymore. He had himself, you know, pretty much his own room and his own TV, and his biggest chore was going to the kitchen to get something to eat or going to the bathroom. And the daily grind was beginning to wear on him. You know, we, were, we were caused, we were, we were created to fellowship one with another and with the Lord. We are social beings. This isolation thing that we've been going through because somebody thought it would be a good idea for everybody to stay apart and stay away, this isolation thing has caused depression to skyrocket. It's caused, it's, caused, it's caused the suicide rates to skyrocket. We were caused to have interaction even with other people, even if it's just laughing at them. You ever look at somebody and say, <laughs> oh my goodness. We had a bunch of oh my goodness weekend, you know, this weekend. We have oh my goodness moments. You look at somebody and you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Saw a guy. Uh, and last fishing story I'm going to tell you today, maybe. Um, we saw a guy that was in waders, and the creek and the, and the stream we were in, the river we were in, was only waist deep. He had chest waders. 
a foot. And right out in front of him, from, from me to, to, to Pastor Corey, he lost an expensive lure, got hung up on a, on a tree branch. And he was like, wah, 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 you know, pulling that thing. And finally, he just broke it off. And I'm like, what's wrong with that picture? A $10 bait on a limb. And you got waders on. Now, I'm not going to say which one. But when we were, when we were in a boat in real foot, you know, one of us got a lure caught in the tree, and so we just took the boat a little closer to the tree and pulled it off three times. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> you know who it was? Oh, well, okay. You can see Ashley for the details or Pastor Corey because he's wanting to give it up right now, and I'm not, I'm not going to confess. So anyway, all right. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Awesome. I, it is so good. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, we got here early this morning and, and uh, it, uh, we got here early and, and I, was, I was walking through. We always have a walk through and we pray and we, you know, turn on the lights and the keyboards and all that stuff. And, and then I had a time to go out and sit on that on the bench out there and just and just and just pray, just meditate. And it's amazing what the Lord will show you. If you just pause. Too many times we're so busy going about our daily routines. Too many times we're so busy that we just forget to take time to pause. You know, Pastor, Pastor was talking about stand still. Stand still and, 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 and watch what the Lord will do. Stand still and know that I'm God. Be still, right? And, and we, if, if we just pause, how, why is it that the, the daily routine is pushing, 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 go, 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 go? I mean, you, you, slide, in, you slide into the house at, at the end of the day, and, and you're worn out, and, and you're too tired to do anything, and the Lord's saying, hey, just, just stand still. Totally contra- contradictory to what the world does. The world says, go, 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 and the Lord's saying, stand still. I think if I'm going to start believing somebody, I ought to believe the Lord. Amen. Just stand still. Just take a time to get away. Just just sit on a riverbank in, in your in your lawn chair, throwing throwing a you know a, a um, five dollar bait into a tree. Five dollars in a tree. I got a picture of it. I'll show you. This was one that even Pastor couldn't get out, unless we had the chainsaw, and then it would have messed up the fishing. And five dollars in a tree. Whoever takes that tree down is going to get more than because I looked up and there was more than just mine. That might be an investment. You know, give me 25 bucks and I'll cut down the tree and, and make, you know, $200 worth of lures off of it. I don't know. Anyway, oh, so I, I said there was a fishing story, sorry. But we need to take time. One of the greatest blessings that we had this week, at least for me, I had absolutely zero cell signal. No Facebook, no Messenger, barely a barely a, a, a cell signal, and when I and when I did get, I had to reboot my phone in order for it to activate and ping the tower, and then and then it sounded like a machine gun going off a machine gun bell, ding 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 ding. I was like, whoa whoa whoa, but it was a blessing. Not that I don't want to hear from people, but sometimes you need to hear from God. And I think every day we need to set a time apart 
where we shut off all the technology, shut off the TV, shut off the computer, and just say, Lord, what do you got? What do you see in all of this? Because God is working in the middle of it all. Amen? Amen? We're going to find out about that in just a little bit. Go ahead and give me the, the first slide that we have there. This is our, this is our verse for the year. This is, this, is, this is the verse that the Lord has given us. Has anybody got anything out of Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 37 this year? Has it focused, has it focused us? This has been our focal point all year. And, and, and part of that is, is that we need, Jesus said to him, you should love the Lord with your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, Jesus is saying that. If Jesus says it, it's pretty important. Amen. Amen. You shall, you shall love the Lord your God. Now, if the Lord isn't your God, then you're free from this. If the Lord isn't your God, then, 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 then you don't have to pay attention to this. If the Lord is, isn't your God, then you, can, then you can let this go and you can let this slide and, and it, won't, it, won't, it won't be any deterrent to you in your life. But if the Lord is your God, then, you have, then we need to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. This is the first and great commandment. Amen? And, and every, every time we come together, we need, we need to speak of our love for the Lord. Now, it's easy for us to speak of His love for us because He loves us with, a, with an undying, unquenching, unquenchable love. But it, it, for us to speak of our love to Him, right? When you're having a bad week, when you're having a... Uh, um, uh, an engine slip off the chain and, and, and crack the transmission. When you're having the, the, the week of all weeks, then's when we need to speak of our love for Him. I love you, Lord. I don't know why we're, I'm do, what, what's happening here. I don't know what's going on, but I love you, Lord. I love you in the midst of the flood. I love you in the midst of my storm. I love you in the midst when I'm hurting. I love you when I'm not feeling well. I love you, Lord. Right? Too many times we only love the Lord when it's going well with us. What happens, what happens, to, what happens to our natural love if we only love, say, if I only love Vanessa when things were going good? When things were going, when things were going great, when, 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 when we don't have any concerns, when the, when the bills are all paid, when the kids are all, all well, when, when, the ho- when, when the house doesn't need painted or whatever. If I only loved her when things are going good, chances are pretty good she would think I didn't love her. Right? We the Lord a lot. Sometimes the only time He ever hears from us is when we have a need. Sometimes the only time the Lord ever hears from, from His people is when, is when they're in a crisis. Well, then you would have thought 20 and 21 would have, been, would have been the time that everyone would have got right with the Lord. I'll just let that hang there for a little bit. You would have thought if crises would drive us closer to the Lord, then we, wouldn't be, we would be closer now than we were at, in 2019. So it's not just crises. It's got to be something else. Used to, used to, I, I, remember, I remember my first visit ever to an emergency room, I broke my arm. <laughs> and and they, they took me in and the, we were 
playing ball or something, I forget what it was, and I broke my arm. Never, never been to the doctor, but you know, to an emergency room, never been to the hospital other than to, you know, the only thing I knew about hospitals when I was a little kid is that you go there with your mom, you sit in this room, and when you come back, there's a baby with you. That's all I knew about hospitals. I didn't know nothing, you know. And, and, and they broke my arm, and so they took me in, and the guy, and the guy says, now this is going to hurt, and he pulls on it. And I'm like, when? And he set my arm, and, and, he, uh, and he put the cast on it. And it was an ER doctor. And, he, and, and back then, you know, I mean, it was just a doctor that they called in and probably watching Monday Night Football or something. So we go home. Two days later, I'm walking through the living room, and, I, and the cast was off. And I'm like, hey, Mom, check this out. Look down in there. I dropped this in there. I went and got it out. She goes, how would you get that out there? And well, they put, the, they put the cast on when my arm was swollen. Swelling went down, pulled the arm, pulled the cat arm out. What I didn't tell mom was I'd done it the day before, and I just kept putting it back in, laying like a, laying like a guy puts a you know, hand in a glove or whatever. And uh, mom fixed that. Back to the doctor we went, and they put a real cast on this time. Matter of fact, they used two of those little saw blades to get that one off when it was done. And I'll fix you. Anyway. I said, Mom, why didn't we ever go? Why didn't we ever go to the ER? Why didn't we ever? And she said, we, you know, is this expensive? It was, so, it was something that was relatively new coming out of, you know, Korea and Vietnam. We didn't know anything about triage back then. We didn't know anything about, you know, uh, uh, trauma centers. We didn't know anything. It, it was just the ER was where you go when, you know, and, and the, on the other end of the ER is where you go to get babies on the ER is where you go when somebody's in a car wreck or something. I didn't know. We just believed. We just trusted in the Lord. And I, I dealt with that for a long time. You just trusted in the Lord? How could you just trust in the Lord when you could, you know, all this, all this modern, all this modern technology, all this, you know, they know so much more. How could you just trust in the Lord? And my mom was pretty, pretty clear about it. She goes, why not, why not trust in the one who created these bodies when you need a healing for these bodies? Is it harder to say, let there be life, than it is to say, be That's simplicity. That's, simplicity. That's, that's faith at its very simplest form. If we believe that Jesus is going to take us to heaven when we die, won't he see us through while we're alive? Or why not just, once we, once we accept him as our Lord and Savior, why not just kill us so we don't backslide? Right? Constantine did that. Remember, when, remember reading about Constantine in your history books? When, when he would make converts, he would baptize them and he would hold them under until they died so he never had any backsliders in his, in his crowd. They would send them right to heaven. Not sure that that's how you do it. That's not what they taught us. And, 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 and thank God for that, right? I mean, else, you know, who would want to come to, well, I don't know. There, there, there's still a bloody religion going out there and people are going to it every day. So just throwing that out there. Maybe, maybe, this, maybe this gospel of love and, and, and peace isn't for everybody. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in the 14th verse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14. I won't say anything about the right Bible being page 1793. Because that would just be crass.
right. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, verse, three, uh, verse 14. And the Apostle Paul here is talking to the church at Ephesus, and he had just talked to them. He had just told them, back up in, in verse 11, how Jesus had, when he ascended, that he gave, he, gave, he gave gifts. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, and, and evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. He goes on in verse number 12 to say, for the equipping, or the building up. And so, we, we, all, we all hear that, and the edifying of the body of Christ. And then in verse 13, he says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to be a perfect, uh, to be, to be a perfect, to a perfect man, a mature man to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, this seems out of place if you look at it in the context of what of what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He said, you know, when Jesus ascended, he gave, he gave gifts to men. And then he, then he talks about why he did it. He did it for the equipping, you know, of the saints and for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? We are. That's why, that's why Jesus gave gifts to men. That's why Jesus gave, for the edification, for the, for the building up. He says, until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. A perfect doesn't mean perfect. I know back in the back in the seventies, back in the back in the day, people people, you know, a, a guy had a song out in the seventies, you know, it's a, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. And that wasn't this. That wasn't what he was talking about. He's talking about being mature. And when we when we're mature, what can we what can we do that when we're mature that we couldn't do when we're immature? One is wait on the Lord. One is when when things go wrong, we don't we don't start throwing wrenches and you know kicking cats and all that other. One of, one of the things as we mature, then then hopefully our attitude and our emotional level comes up as well and we're no longer hotheads and I, I speak from I speak from experience I remember one time we were when Vanessa and I were were hadn't been married that long we had a little baby in a bassinet and I didn't realize that there was a baby in a bassinet or a little car carrier or whatever and I'm working on a door that won't go right, and, and I'd put three or four screws where you're supposed to put the three or four screws, and the, and the, the board had warped, and the, you know, this is an exterior door, and the board had warped, and I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, so I'm, I'm laying on, on a stoop trying to fix this thing, trying to hammer this thing, and I, and I got upset, and I threw that hammer, and it landed beside the car carrier. And Vanessa... And the other room comes in and says, what are you doing? What are you doing? The baby's there. And I'm like, I didn't. Who put the baby there? This is a work zone. There are men working here. Tools are going to fly. She goes, you're a hothead. Guys, you're, your wives or your mom, has there been any, any, any woman in your, in your life that ever said, you're a hothead? 
God gave them to us as helpmeets. Right? Because I could have probably thrown that hammer in a bunch of guys and they wouldn't have said nothing. Look out. You know, don't, you know he throws that way. You know, stay back here, you know. Like golfing, right? When, you, when, you, when anybody's teeing off, you don't stand out in front of them. You don't, you know, that little piece of pie thing. You want to stand back here behind them. That only works with certain people. And, 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 and I got a cousin, if you're watching, you know it don't work with you. And, uh, there was, a green, there was a green behind us, and he teed up too high. And we were getting ready to tee off, and, 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 and he swung, and he, and, and he went underneath the ball, hit it on the top, of, left a scar on the top of the club, on the face of the driver. And up on the top, you could see where the ball went, and it went straight up, and it came straight down behind us, and, and, and the guy behind us yelled, Four! He's <laughs> like, it ain't supposed to go that way. I said, well, he played that one before he wanted to play it again, I guess. So, God put people in our lives so we can become perfect, so we can, so we can understand. A lot of times we don't understand because we haven't reached this, because we haven't reached the unity of the faith. We're still contending for what is and what is not in the faith. We're contending there's still contentions that are going on with what's happening in the Word of God. And so we get down to verse 14, and the Apostle Paul says it like this because he wants to make it clear. How, how, many, of you, how many of you are glad that somebody wants to make it clear for us? Because we need clarification. Amen? That he said in verse number 14 that we should no longer be children. Somebody say children. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. There's a plan. There's a plan. But the Apostle Paul says, that we should no longer, he said, we should trust in the, 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 apostles, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers, so that we can be built up and we can be edified in, in the most holy faith, that we will, not be, we will not be tossed, no longer tossed to and fro like children. Do we struggle with that? Do we struggle with, oh my goodness, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear this? You know, just understand then that, that there, are, there are doctrines out there that are not of God. And there are some people that use trickery. Can you believe it? Trickery? Today? Who can fool anybody today? I mean, seriously, who can? Uh, we're, we're, we're way beyond being fooled, aren't we? We'd never, we'd never, we, we would never think that, that, that an election could be stolen. That's impossible. No trickery there. And the cunning craftiness, wait a minute, of deceitful plotting. What did the Apostle Paul know, 60 AD, that we don't? that the answers are found here. 
The answer is found here. The answer is not found here. The answer is not found on my phone. The answer is not found on any of the networks. The answer is not found. The answer, going back to the the, the 60s, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind of the Holy Spirit. I added the Holy Spirit because Peter, Paul, and Mary wouldn't, or whoever it was that we went. The answer is in Christ. And on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And if we're standing on other ground, then we're destined to have the results of the one who builds on that shaky ground. The wise man builds his house upon the rock, that rock being Christ Jesus. But the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. Now, I don't know if you've, if you've seen it lately, but up where Pastor Steve and, and, and Diane live, the 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 walls the the hills the the coastline of lake michigan is eroding million dollar homes are slipping into the into the lake they were built on shifting sands lake michigan is like the biggest sand quarry ever and they were built on shifting sands i've seen homes in Kentucky, that half of them are hanging out over a cliff, but they're on a rock, and they've been there for a hundred years. You can go, you can go, I, I'm thinking of down around Martin right now, you can go and you almost drive under and look up and there's the house. I mean, it, it, it's, it's up on a hill, but it's been there for, for nigh on to a hundred years because it's built on the rock. If we build upon the rock, which is Christ Jesus, then we will be on a solid and firm foundation. And on that, we can expand and base our life. Amen? So there are deceitfulness. There's deceitful plotting. There's cunning. There's craftiness. We don't need to fall for that. We don't need to be like little children tossed to and fro. Verse number 15, he says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Jesus is the head. Jesus is, we we need to grow up in him. Too many people, too many people today Think well. I can. I'm, I can. I can be a Christian, and, and, and I don't have to. And I don't have to go to church. I can be a Christian, and I don't have to. You know what? You can be human and not take a bath either. But it feels good, and the people around you appreciate it when you do. Just pointing that out. I know there's not any other guys in here that a pair of jeans gets comfortable. It doesn't matter if they could stand up by themselves. They're comfortable, and you want to wear them, and you want to wear them, and you want to wear them until you come in and they're gone you got two options. Either, either they got stout enough that they walked off by themselves and they parted company with you, or your wife said, ain't no more of that. Two options. We need to grow up into all things so that we're not, we're not falling for everything. You ever, you ever, my, my dad used to say this before it was a song. He said, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. 
You've got to make a stand. You've got to say, this, as for me and my house. I, you know, that's what, I, that's what Joshua said. You know, if, if serving the Lord seems, seems, seems strange to you or, or a burden to you, if serving the Lord seems distasteful to you, then, then you serve, who, pick, choose you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, that's, and that is a, it's a daily thing. You know, a lot of people say, well, I, I, know I got saved you know, you know, 50 years ago. I don't need, what do I need to do? You need to every day make up, make up your mind that today is this life and I will live it for Jesus. Amen. Because if you don't, the devil will overflow you with something. Because the Bible tells us that when your enemy comes in like a flood, that means he's coming. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that he might come. It means that he will come. But your Bible says in, in the book of Isaiah, when your enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit will raise up a standard, a standard here. You know, when, when I first started reading this, you know, and, and, and I was a kid, you know, the only thing I knew about standard, you know, was the American standard, you know, where, you know, where guys were, you know, where you see those. And, and I'm thinking, what, why is he going to raise up a urinal against that? I, I just never. Uh, but, but, but as I grew and I matured and I studied the Word of God, I realized that standard there is a war banner. You remember, you, you guys remember, you guys remember the Lion King? Remember when Simba was testing out his, his, his roar and he's up, on the, he's up on Lookout Rock and he's testing his roar and all the hyenas and, and Scar were down there and they were just mocking him and they were just making fun of him because he's like, roar, roar. Not realizing that Mufasa had come up behind him. And the next thing you hear is a roar, and all the hyenas and, and, all, and, and, and Scar, and they all run. And Simba gets to walk away proud, and he turns around and walks into his dad. Do you realize that when the, when the Lord raises up that battle standard behind you, when he raises that up, you, you may think you have the puniest roar. You may think that you, but all of a sudden your enemy, the adversary, he sees the battle standard of the Lord and he's like, whoa, 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 don't mess with him because there's somebody backing him up. You ever had anybody, you ever had anybody say, you and whose army? They don't say that much anymore because they don't really talk to people anymore. People don't talk. They, they just do that virtual thing. They call it swatting. You heard that? That swatting thing where the, the guys in the online gaming, you know, the, the, 40 some, the 40-somethings that like to think they're really, really cool and play uh, Call of Duty. And, and, uh, and, and yet I, I, I got real heroes. Yeah. I've got real heroes that are, 20, 30-somethings that are on the line every day. Sorry, virtual don't count. They call it swatting. You, you, you heard about it? Guy starts beating another guy in a different city or whatever. And so the guy that's losing will call the SWAT team. There's a hostage situation. Got, got people at gunpoint and threatening to kill them. And so the SWAT team has no alternative but to go and knock the door down. And, and heaven forbid that the guy should raise up with his gun in his hand or his virtual gun. And he gets literally taken out. 
there are guys that lay claim to swatting their opponents. Aren't you glad that when we grew up, we had we had a dispute. It's like, man, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of business. Me and me and you, we're gonna gonna throw it down. Somebody say, you and whose army? I finally found the answer to whose army. Because I am a member of the army of God, the Lord's army. You know, we used to sing that song with the, with the kids when we were youth pastors. We used to, I'm in the Lord's army. You know, I may never, you know, march in the infantry, fly, you know, fly over Calvary, shoot the artillery, but I'm in the Lord's army. And let me just tell you something. I know for a fact that some of your prayers are worth, are worth more than a nuclear arsenal when it comes to striking into the depths of the evil that is, 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 is controlling this world right now. The worst thing that the devil can do is find a Christian praying and find someone on their knees praying for their brothers and sisters, praying for their community, praying for their, for their country, and praying for the world. Sometimes the simplest solution is the thing that we give up on first. Why is prayer the last thing we go to? Oh, you know, have, you know the, the, the Bible tells us in, in Ephesians chapter 6, having done all to stand, stand. But we, having done everything else possible, then we call the prayer chain. Then we call, having done everything else, having tried everything else, having looked everywhere else, then we call on the Lord. When it is my thought, and I'll contend with this, but it's my thought that if we had just called on the Lord first, had we sought the Lord first, If we seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, then most of these things will be added to us. You sure? Is it working? Is it working? Is it working? Let me let me just tell you. We left out of here. We left out of here on on Tuesday afternoon. Chose the absolute most washboard bumpy road that we could have chosen. Not by choice, but we thought, well, it'd be faster to go this way. And Google Maps, you know, said it was faster this way. We can save 10, 15 minutes this way. Ooh, boy, 10, 15 minutes. We get there after two or three hours worth of delay because of the construction that we didn't know about. We pull into the the campground, unhook the the trailer that's pulling the truck, back the camper into the spot, and I think, something doesn't look right about that two and five-eighths ball on that receiver. And I go over, and that two-inch nut on the bottom of it had about a turn and a half before it completely fell off. And I was taking it easy, 70 miles an hour. But in Warsaw, we prayed, Lord, watch over us. 
And four and a half hours later, we found out that he did. It would have been easier to do the common Christian thing and to say, oh Lord, is there a AAA around here somewhere? And now look at, look at the mess. But I believe that God hears and answers our prayers. I believe that you are the apple of his eye. I believe that you're worth something to God. The world will tell you that you're not, but let me tell you, standing behind this pulpit in Warsaw, Indiana, that you are worth it to God. And he has a lot invested in you, and he wants you to succeed and not fail. Amen? Even if he has to defy gravity, he has to defy momentum, inertia, he has to defy all of these things to make sure that he, his child is safe and the people behind him are safe. Because you don't want a 2,000-pound trailer and a 3,400-pound truck coming at you untethered. That's just not right. Okay, got to move on. <clears throat> he says now remember the head is Christ from whom the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself or building itself in love We need to build ourselves up in this, in this love. We need to build ourselves up in, in this, the edifying of the body. It causes us to grow. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. Futility of their mind. Has anybody been baffled by anything that's going on in the past year and a half, two years. Anybody got it all figured out yet? It's futility, isn't it? We are encouraged, if I can use that word, and he testified in the Lord that we... We shouldn't walk no longer, no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now, he's talking to a church that got caught up in everything that was going on around them when the answer was within them. It will confuse you. The world is trying to confuse you. Remember, we went back just a, a, just a couple of verses, and he talked about the, the cunningness and the craftiness of men that are trying to trick you, the trickery of men. And then he goes on down here, he says, some of the people in the church and the Gentiles are walking in the futility of their own mind. There are certain things that have to come to pass before Jesus can return. You understand that? And when we see them, we shouldn't go, ah, oh. I, I guarantee you this morning that the Lord didn't wake up, obviously, he didn't, he didn't look and say, oh my goodness, I never saw that coming. 
And if we'd have been in his word, we could have said right along. Look at that. It's right in the word. It's in there the whole time. And all we had to do was open up the word, open up the scripture and say, wow, this is what that means. This is what that means. And and we stair-stepped it down. Now, for how many of us was it a lot easier after we went through the the end times teaching? How many of it has it been a lot easier? Now, it took a while to get our minds around it. But our heart was willing to, wasn't it? Because our heart said that there is truth here. Our heart knew that there was truth here. Too many times when we try to wrap our head around it, we're just gonna, we just might as well bang our head against this pulpit or against that brick wall back there. But your heart is a willing pupil, isn't it? Because it understands and knows the things of God. It's written on our heart. Even in the most, even in the most remotest of, of peoples, in the most remote tribes, do you realize that they know it's wrong to steal? They know it's wrong. Brother Summerall talked about going on a, on a, on a trip. Into, I think it was in the, in, the, in, the, in the remotest parts of Indonesia. And, and, and he came up to the chief and he was trying to witness to the chief. He's trying to, and the chief was like, no, no, you don't need to. Yeah. And, he said, and he said, well, he said, and the chief liked him and, and he had favor with him. And he said, well, you can have anything you want. And he says, I want her. And he pointed to the chief's wife. She goes, no, 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 she's mine. And the brother Summerall said, I want her. And he says, no, she's mine. How, do you, how, how, how did, and he said, would that be wrong? And the chief said, yes, that's wrong. That's not right. And he goes, how do you know? Well, everyone knows, he said. And, and Brother Summerall used that as a launching pad for the ministry of that tribe. And he said, and he said because it's written in your heart. God's law is in your heart. We all know that it's wrong to steal. We all know that it's wrong to kill. We all know that it's wrong to cover your, your neighbor. It's, it's wrong to commit adultery. It, it's wrong to, it, it, it's, we, we all know that we need to honor our mothers and our fathers. We all know that. How do we know that? It's hardwired, right? Even before, you know, I you know, spent some time building computers. And even, even before you, you turn on a computer, if, how many of you, ever, you know, oh, heaven forbid, this is not a thing against Microsoft, so Bill, don't sue me. How many of you ever had Windows crash on you and you turn it on and nothing comes up, nothing happens? The computer will still come on. It says, hey, I'm here working. I'm waiting for you to feed me information, but Windows has failed, right? You ever get the blue screen of death? Do you realize that the blue screen of death is a real term and, and it happens so much that, that the Microsoft techs know when you say, I've got the blue screen of death. They go right to page number 2,000 in their manual and say, oh, blue screen of death, here's what you do. Next time you get the blue screen of death, there you go. You've got to be careful. You might learn something at church. Anyway, uh, there is a system that runs underneath Microsoft. Were you aware of that? If you know how to program, you can have a whole logic system working underneath Microsoft. You can still run Microsoft. But when it comes up, it gives you a couple options, and you can go in and you can batter and run, and Microsoft never knows you're there. And I'm not even talking about DOSK. I'm just talking about there's a like Linux, and there's a lot, there's a programming network that you can run. Something is in programmed into us. No matter what junk you put up here. Something is hardwired in us that when we hear the word of God, something inside of us begins to resonate. 
Whether we've heard it before or not, something says, hey, that's truth. That identifies that the word of God is true. That identifies to us that no matter what programming we put up here, that the word of God is true. And, there, and there's something that rings true to that. It's hardwired in us. It's in our DNA. It's in the, in the DNA when they, finally, when they finally began to unravel the DNA. They found, they found the name of God in DNA. Were you aware of that? The name, the name of God, Yahweh, is in DNA. Jehovah is in the DNA. Some people say, oh, I, don't believe, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't the author or the painter sign his painting? Lo and behold, back in the, in the, in the, in the 70s, they found he did. We all, we all knew that the life was in the blood. All right, I've got I to gotta, I gotta hurry. Man, I'm running out of time. Don't walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Do you realize that if we blind our hearts and we, we put binders on, and blinders on our hearts, that we can become ignorant to the things of God? Again, talking what the Apostle Paul said thousand years ago. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Let me just say, if it wasn't for the love of money, there would be cures for cancer. There would be cures for diabetes. There would be cures for every disease. But it's the love of money. Greediness. Greediness. And some, some, uncleanness, talking about this latest virus that was created for who knows why and who knows what reason. God does. And God will not hold them guiltless who have done this. They're playing God. And I wouldn't want to be them. Go with me now to 2 Timothy. Still talking about the Apostle Paul. Still, still, still. And I hope I can get this in. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, going to begin reading in the first verse. Now, a lot of people, while you're turning there, a lot of people think that, that 2 Timothy, and it is, and it is true to, to take this, this track, a lot, or track, a lot of people think that this was to, um, by the Apostle Paul, for a preacher, to a preacher, and it was. Timothy was a young pastor. It is also the only book in, in the Bible that, that the Apostle Paul wrote that was specifically to a person, okay? 
but it was used as a training manual. And I remember, I remember uh, Pastor Burkhart used to take us there when, he, when we told him we, we, we were feeling the call to preach in our lives. And, the, and when, he, when he would have people be deacons and elders, he would, he would always use the book of Timothy because it is for, it is for the training and, and the edification of pastors and, and teachers, men and women of God. Right? But it is not only exclusively for men or women of God. Amen? Can you say amen to that? It's not exclusive. So that means that we can read it and we can glean from it the, the knowledge that was intended for the body today. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You, therefore, my son... Be strong in the, in the grace that is Christ Jesus, that is in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Commit these. Commit what? These things that we're, we're being taught. These things about the end times. These things about these things. These things about driven by eternity. Commit these to people. You're you're not learning just to get a, a better a better learning so you can say, hey, I've had that. You know, I know a lot of people. You know, they want to put a notch on their on their on their Bible cover. Oh, I've been through that. I've been through that. I've been through that. And I was you know kind of chiding Luke a little bit during announcements. You know, he's getting. I'm getting so much more the second time through. You know, a lot of people, when they go through the Bible readings, and, and one of the reasons that I was so reluctant in going through the, the, the read the Bible through in a year, if you don't have a map and you don't have a plan and you just start reading it, a lot of people do it like, like they, they just do it like they're doing laps or running laps. And I'm not saying that that's not, not, you know, not profitable, but if you're just reading the Bible to just read the Bible and, and you're not really studying it, like we're, when we go through it the last couple of years, we went through it in depth. I mean, we went through it to write out all the, 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 the verses that we're going through, we, to write down the references, you know, and, and that was, a, that was a, a, a heavy study to write down the verses. and the, We wrote down in, in the river in 2020, we wrote down every verse and the reference verses beside it. What does it mean? And, so, and hopefully you kept those papers and you kept your study so you can go back and say, oh, hey, here's this. I, I throw mine open. Do you guys throw yours open when you're... I throw mine open. Wow, I'm in this verse and this is what I found. How, you know, it, it took us a year to do it, but now when we need it, it's referenced and it's in our own handwriting. Isn't it amazing? Did you know that the, when Harvard University was first founded, that in order to graduate from Harvard with a degree in, at, at Harvard... The, every student, and at this time it was an all-male college, every student had to translate the Bible from the original Greek text into their own language before they could leave, before they could graduate. Isn't that amazing? You know what's really, you know what's really strange? In the 200 and some years that, since then, they've now got an atheist as their chaplain. I don't need God to be good. No, you don't. But you need God to get into heaven. <laughs> Just let that sink in a little bit. You need God to get to heaven. All right. So that we may be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Whoa, there's that army thing again. We're soldiers. 
No one engaged in a warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Can we let the Word of God speak to us today? If we're focused and we're, and we're on task and we're on point, verse number should scream to us when we get off course. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. The weirdest thing I ever got, and this happened in the, in the 80s, the weirdest thing I ever got was a friend of mine called me from an aircraft carrier that was deployed. And I'm like, are you supposed to be doing this? Oh, it's all coded satellite uplink, blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, yeah, but my end isn't. My end is open. You know, back in the 80s, remember the, 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 the white cordless phones you could get that had the metal antenna and you, you know, that every one of your neighbors could listen to with a cheap scanner? Baby monitors, you know, they were picking up conversations and like, hey, there's somebody talking in the baby's room. You go in there and listen to your neighbor down the street, you know, having a full-on conversation. Oh, my end is secure. This end isn't. Now they've got Facebook and they've got all kinds of stuff on, you know, on, on their, and now they, and, and, and they know more, they know more about what's going on in the news because they get all kinds of news than other than just what, I think if, I think it had been different back in World War II, had the guys had Facebook back then, we may not, we, we may be speaking German or Japanese. You think? No one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life. That means, it doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're blind to them, but we don't get so steeped in them that we can't sleep at night. That's when you're entangled in something, it, take, it robs your sleep, it, it robs your mental health. And that's what the Apostle Paul's telling. I mean, he said we're soldiers of Christ, as good soldiers of Christ. that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned uh, unless he completes according, to, uh, competes according to the rules. But now everybody gets a trophy. Everybody wins. Everybody. Oh, you know, you get a, you get a participation trophy. I don't know, things must be different today than they were back then. I showed up to every practice. I lugged equipment. I, I, you know, I was at every practice. I was, I was taking you know, batting practice. I was going down to the batting case throwing. I was catching. I was, you know, and, and, and we still, you know, there, I spent thousands of hours in my, in my, in my youth on, on the ball fields. And, and thousands of times, you know, we, we would go and play in the rain. And the only thing stopped us as if it was lightning. Got right down to the to the to the playoffs. Came in third and got a medal. I saw a bigger trophy for participation last year at one of the little leagues here in town. It's like, are you kidding me? 
you got that, and I know what went into, into my effort, and I got that, I had an engineer I used to work with, and he's retired now. You see, there's no, we don't strive for excellence anymore. And everyone is a champion if you lower the standard enough. Everyone's a winner. But let me just tell you, the Lord is not lowering His standard. We can try, we can, we can try him into it. And I know that there are places where we're saying, well, you know, there's grace, there's grace. We're finding out about grace in our Sunday night class, aren't we? We're finding out about what happens to people who are far too dependent on God's grace. They're called, they're, they're, they're called deceived, aren't they? Hmm. The hard-working farmer must be the first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say that and consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was was raised from the dead according to my gospel. For which I suffered trouble as an evil doer even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect. That they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will also, he also will deny us. We do not want to be in that crowd of deniers. And there are so many people who are denying Christ right now. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. That's what I love about when talking with Pastor Glenn and talking with some other folks. Oh, I could throw out, I could throw out the, the, the Greek words for you and translate them for you, but it wouldn't be to any profit to us. So when we come together, I want to I I speak words that are, are able to help you that's one of the things with some of the people that go to church where they have a sermon in latin every week who understands latin you ever looked at you ever looked at one of your prescriptions you ever take a prescription you know and you look at it and you try to read it now 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 i have a little a, a little i can understand a little latin but i'm sure that that some of the original people writing latin didn't write it like that else we would not be able to translate it. I don't know how my pharmacist does. I really don't, you know. Just thank God they do. Or maybe they call in. Maybe it's a code. Maybe it's a number on the bottom. They, they pull the pad off and they put some scribble on there and then the pharmacist scans it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. 
And I want to be able to, I want to be able to, I'm not going to worry about the words, you know. I want to charge them before the Lord not to strive about words. Too many people, too many people get off on a, on a rabbit trail and go that way. And we don't, we don't want to do that. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker, a, work, a worker that does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they, they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like a cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are, are, are of this sort. They, they tried to impress each other with big words. You know, when you try to impress some people with big words. You ever have, you ever have anybody that tries to impress you with their words and, 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 they use the, and they use the wrong word or they put it in the wrong, in the wrong context and you're, like, and you're like, oh my goodness, you know? I had one guy, I had one, guy one time and... and, uh, and, and we were pals. I, as a matter of fact, his dad was a great evangelist out of out of Florida, and my grandfather would have him through a couple of times a year, and, and 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 he had learned a new word, but he didn't understand the meaning of it, and so he was like he was like you know flapping his wings, and he says, "I'm a pachyderm. I'm a pachyderm. I'm a pachyderm." I looked at him and I said, "Well, if you're a pachyderm, I'm a dromedary." Well, that's not true because my hump's on the wrong side. But anyway, um, <laughs> now he could have been a, you know, he didn't understand what it was. I'll translate it for you since I was speaking in tongues. All right. He, he said, he said, I'm an elephant. I'm an elephant. Flapping his arms like a bird flying. And I said, well, if you're an elephant, I'm a camel. Okay. Okay. So now you have understanding. I had a guy one time, he wrote, the, he, wrote, he wrote the company president a letter. And so he got him one of these theosauruses. You know, the dinosaur, Theosaurus Rex, the old book. No, all right, all right. Thesaurus. Is it okay? Thesaurus. And he wanted to say things. And, and how many of you know they give you suggestions of words, but the words that they suggest aren't the words that you're really wanting to try? And so he wrote this flowery letter. I mean, every, every word like, like had, you know, 26 consonants and 18 syllables, you know, syllables. <laughs> and so the, the president of the company gets this letter because they had a policy back then. Anybody could send the president anything and he would take a look at it. And so he called a meeting. And he called a meeting with all the directors and all the VPs. And, and they called the meeting, and this guy, this guy wrote this letter and just wanted to, just wanted to you know, show him how intelligent that he was and that he was wasting his, wasting his talents down here working on the floor. And he should be a part of their team and be a part of their circle of influence. And, and so he wrote this letter, and, they, and so, the, and so the, uh, the, the secretary of the president got back with him and said, oh, he, he took it very seriously. Here, he's called a meeting with all the VPs and, and the directors and the top heads of the company. 
And, and, and they all got together and they put the letter up on the big screen and everybody was reading it and they started chuckling and they started... And then he put this picture up there of the guy that wrote the letter and said, you know, he's worth way more than, way more than what they were paying him and that he really should be up there. And, and so they, they, got to, they finally got down to the, to the managers and then they got down to his supervisor and his supervisor come up and he said, hey, listen, I just want you to know all the management, upper management has read your letter. And he's like, great. He's like, awesome. That's wonderful. And he turns and says, were they impressed? And they said, oh, absolutely. They do not feel that you should be working this job anymore. He said, that's exactly what I was hoping for. No, they, you, you've convinced them. That letter was oh, spot on and it convinced them that you are in the wrong position. And we have an opening and we're going to transfer you to it starting next week. You are going to be changing the water in the machines. You know, that stinky, nasty, terrible, awful smelling water. If you go in tonight, in the shop tonight, where they have to change out that water. It smells like a cesspool all the way down the whole west side of the plant. Oh, you're in the wrong position. This is where you need to be because this will keep you busy for, the, for the, every day, for eight hours a day, and you won't have time to write flowery, stupid letters. Grandma always used to tell me, never argue with a fool because the bystanders won't be able to tell which one is which. Some people said silence is the best thing. When you don't know what to say, don't say anything. When you don't, when you don't know a subject, don't say anything because if you say something, you'll let them know what you don't know. The same guy came across, he... Obviously, they, were, they didn't put him in the stinky job. A couple of years later, he come, he come into my office, and he was getting his review. And, and he goes, man, I just, I, this job, you guys aren't paying me enough. You aren't. And, and I asked him a question. I said, so what you're saying is that you think we're not paying you what you're worth. Now, this is after the letter. He's like, I don't. I'm working way too hard. I don't think I'm... I, you, you're not appreciating me. Is I, I said, let me ask you an honest question. And he's sitting right across my desk. I said, let me ask you an honest question. You don't think what you're worth as a, as a company? No. I said, okay. I said, if I were to pay you what you're worth, would you be able to live on that? He thought about it for a minute. When you talk, what are you saying? I'm saying because you're, we have differing visions, differing explanations, different understandings of worth. You think you're here. The company doesn't think so. You think you're here. The company doesn't see it. 
Well, I don't think I like that. I'm just telling you. Let me give you the best advice I can give you. Make yourself valuable to the company. Not valuable to yourself because you're always going to over, you're always going to overvalue you. Now, it's amazing that the guy wasn't a Christian. The guy was not a believer. Because Christians have a different, a different way, don't they? We devalue ourselves, don't we? Sometimes, you know, we get into, the, we get into the, 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 the Martin Luther thing and we think of ourselves as, oh, such a worm as I, you know. But let me just tell you something. I don't think that Jesus died for worms. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, when it comes to us, when it comes to everyone in this room, when it comes to everyone on this planet, you cost the Lord the same price as an Apostle Paul. He didn't get you out of the bargain bin. He didn't pull you out. It cost him the same price as an Apostle Paul, as an Apostle Peter. You are worth something to the Lord. Now, I don't say that so everybody will get all puffed up. We're going to talk about this on Wednesday night. We're going to come back in. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to hit it hard on, on Wednesday night. But let me, let me, just, let me just tell you that, that, that the Apostle Paul knew his worth, knew his place. But he knew that Jesus loved him. Amen? He said, Hymenaeus and, and Philetus are, are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth. They're saying that the resurrection has already passed and, and they overthrew the faith of some. There are people out there today, and I'm going to stop right here. There are people out there today that are overthrowing the faith of some by saying, oh, what is going on world? Oh, what is going on? Let me tell you, we're right on track, right where Jesus said we would be. Matthew chapter 24, we are right on track. If you don't know what's going on in the world today, then, then, then reach out to us. We'd like to tell you. We'd like to help you. But there is help to be found. The, the, the answers to the questions that, that, are, that are plaguing many people can be found within the covers of this book. When we come back on Wednesday, we're going to get back into this and we're going to talk, we're going to talk about it and we're going to talk about in the last days. Set, today we set this up to know, just to understand then that, that, one, we're here to edify. We're here to build up. We're here to move in our, our most holy faith. That's what the church is all about. There are no lone rangers in the church. We're here to fellowship. We're here for the, the edification. And we're here for one another. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Lord God, we just we ask today that you would take this word. Take this word and seal it in our hearts, Lord. Lord, we know that, that you are the great I am. We know that you are our commander. We know that you are more powerful. We know that you are still on your throne. And Lord, as we've heard today, we are in your army, not vice versa. Let us not get caught up in the, in the things and the goings on in this world that will only drag us down and lead us into confusion. 
For, Lord, you're not the author of confusion. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you that we can have clarity in an unclear situation. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.